This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from the belly of the beast in Tallahassee at our palatial studios upwind of the state capitol. The new university rankings are out, and Florida State University President John Thrasher has reason to celebrate. U.S. News & World Report this morning announced that Florida State University is the 18th best public university in America. Who'd have thunk FSU academics could ever be ranked higher than the football team? Other than anyone who's seen their first two games this year, of course, that is. As residents of the Bahamas cope with the aftermath of Hurricane Dorian, Governor Ron DeSantis is pushing back on any suggestion that the state is not doing enough to help our neighbors recover from the devastation. And don't bother asking about that flap between Donald Trump and the National Weather Service. The governor says that's just a media thing. Florida's Attorney General is teaming up with officials in several other states for two separate investigations of tech giants Facebook and Google. Congratulations to Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber, who wins a new term without the nuisance of an actual election. We'll also have your daily calendar to keep the political junkies up to speed and the latest in the continuing adventures of Florida Man. The news is next on Sunrise. U.S. News & World Report has published its annual ranking of the best public universities in America, and the Sunshine State made the dean's list. The University of Florida is number 7, Florida State University, number 18, the University of South Florida, number 44. Now, everyone knew the Gators would be near the top, but the Seminoles are rising faster in the rankings than anyone expected. Even FSU President John Thrasher was caught off guard. You know, we've jumped 25 spots over the last five years and eight places in the past year alone, which is an incredible uh, accomplishment. I didn't know that we were going to get that far, but we are one of the fastest rising universities in, in the nation and in America. And that's because of our great faculty, that's because of our staff and our students every day demonstrate a commitment to academic excellence. Governor Ron DeSantis says the rise of FSU, the continued improvement at the University of Florida, and the emergence of the University of South Florida are three reasons why the state has a number one ranking in higher education at a time when they are actually holding the line on tuition in hopes of keeping college affordable. When I say we have the number one rated public university system in the country three years in a row, almost everyone out of state is surprised by that. I think they've known some of the Florida schools for the athletic accomplishments, uh, but when you're able to list this, then also talk about how affordable it is, it really does make an imprint on people. And I'm hoping that these rankings will continue to uh, will help deliver that message to folks because the number one thing that, that people are looking for in terms of investing in Florida, they, they, the taxes are priced in, you know, weather, all this other stuff, but it really is just the talent. And when they see universities like this that are ascending, that creates confidence that, you know what, if I move a bunch of jobs here, we're going to have good folks to be able to, to deal with it. This ranking is especially important for Florida State because they're usually known for athletics rather than academics. FSU Board of Trustees Chairman Edward Burr says that's no longer the case. You know, it's sort of ironic that about 16, I made a joke, we had the alumni and the boosters all together, and there was a coach who's will remain anonymous, he was not here anymore. And I joke that, better watch out, we're going to be ranked higher academically than we are in your, than the football program here soon. And here we are a few years later right there. Not quite as funny as it was then. <laughs> but it shows really what the university is here for. It shows what's important, and that's the academic education of our students. And we're now ranked 18th in the country, and we're proud of that. Marshall Kreiser is chancellor of the state university system, and he says these rankings really do matter. The people who will read this report are students and students' families. They're going to be trying to decide what they're going to do with their lives. 
where they're going to invest their time, their talent, and their resources. U.S. News and World Report is, is a ranking, but it is also a guide to students leaving high school choosing where to go to a college or university, or students at a college who want to transfer to a university. And so this type of excellence is only achieved by the kind of student success that we have demonstrated time and again that in Florida is our main focus. I've only said two words two other times. First time was when John was installed. The second time was when you broke the ceiling on four-year graduation rates. But what I'd like to close with is go Knowles. Those last words were painful for Kreiser because, well, he's a former president at the University of Florida who bleeds orange and blue. But the chancellor can take solace in the fact that the Gators are still ranked higher than the Seminoles. So what's next at Florida State? President Thrasher says they're aiming for the top 10 and will ask state lawmakers to help them reach that goal. In that legislative budget review, we've asked for some resources that, again, we want to deploy in the right places. But our goal, Governor, is to reach the top 15 pretty quickly. And I would say we could be in a top 10, I believe, before too long. I, I really believe that. Florida State is also number one in the state in the percentage of students who earn a four-year degree in just four years. They're also top 10 nationwide in that category. Now, this matters because the longer it takes to graduate, the more it costs the student and the more it costs the taxpayers of Florida. More than 100 Bahamians trying to escape the devastation of Hurricane Dorian were asked to leave a boat that was headed to Fort Lauderdale over the weekend and were left on the docks at Freeport because they didn't have visas. Florida Democrats and Republican Senator Rick Scott don't agree on much, but they both say the decision to turn away the Bahamians seeking refuge after the storm was wrong. Miami Herald reporter Mary Ellen Kloss asked Governor DeSantis, is the state doing enough to help the refugees? He was not amused. Here's how that whole thing went down. We are the closest neighbor to the Bahamas. Why has Florida's response been so anemic? Uh, I don't, what do you mean? We, we have done less than we did. It's a ridiculous question. Who, who, is, who, is, who is tasked with this mission? The Federal Department of State. And so they're doing a great job. Coast Guard's done a phenomenal job. But the idea that it's the state of Florida that should be in there doing it, that's not. This, is a, this is a relationship with a foreign country. The federal government is doing it. I was with the Coast Guard. They've saved over 200 people already. They're doing a great job uh, with what they're doing. But the idea that it should be the state's responsibility, if you think that, then you have no idea how our, how our system of government works. I've been in contact with them. Uh, the idea that, that I would overstep the State Department is just absurd. But that's not the question. What are we doing? Are the you said the state's response is anemic as if, it's, as if that's our wheelhouse. When the State Department is leading it, Department of Homeland Security, these are all federal assets because that is the job of the federal government to work with foreign countries. Governor DeSantis was also asked if he was concerned about Donald Trump's now legendary insistence that Alabama was threatened by Hurricane Dorian and whether the integrity of the National Weather Service has been compromised by the president. No, look, I think that's more of a press, you know, thing where you know, the president uh, said that at one point, Alabama, when we thought it could affect the Gulf, obviously that was stale at some point, and it was a time when Alabama certainly wasn't in it. So I think it's kind of gone back and forth. And um, if the, the thought was at one point we thought it could potentially go to the Gulf, that is true. That was a while ago. As we got into the weekend, we knew it was pretty much an East Coast storm. As to whether the president altered that weather service map with a Sharpie and then lied about it, DeSantis said, I don't know exactly what happened with that. 
Florida joins two national investigation of the new media giants. Ashley Moody, part of a coalition of attorneys general in eight states and the District of Columbia, who are looking into Facebook for possible antitrust violations. The investigation will also focus on Facebook's dominance in the social media industry and possible anti-competitive conduct to stay at the top of the digital heap. That inquiry will be headed up by the attorney general from New York. Moody has also joined in a separate antitrust investigation of Google. That one will be led by the attorney general of Texas. Fifty states and territories are part of the Google investigation. Democrats in the Florida Senate are throwing their support behind State Representative Javier Fernandez for District 39 in South Florida. That is a crucial seat in the state Senate that's being surrendered by a Republican incumbent next year. Senator Anatira Flores is leaving because of term limits. Fernandez is one of two Democrats in the race so far for the district that runs from Key West to Sweetwater. Two Republicans are also running. Another Democrat wants the chance to unseat Republican Congressman Ross Spano of Dover. Alan Cohn of Sarasota is a former TV reporter and anchorman in the Tampa Bay area. State Representative Adam Hattersley of Riverview is already running for the Democratic nomination in District 15, so this could be a tough primary. Spano is an attractive target for the D's because he's under investigation by federal authorities, over $165,000 worth of campaign contributions that may have been illegal. Congratulations to former state lawmaker Dan Gelber, who has scored a second term as mayor of Miami Beach after no one else filed to run against him. Two rivals had announced they were running. Neither filed the official qualifying paperwork. Gelber's office issued a statement saying, I am grateful to all those who have been supportive of my candidacy and honored to have the confidence of my community. He's been the mayor there since 2017. Before that, he worked as a federal prosecutor and spent 10 years in the state legislature, including two years as Democratic leader in the Florida House. Gelber ran for attorney general in 2010, but lost to Pam Bondi. So what's on tap in Florida politics today? Well, the Florida Department of Citrus is holding a marketing and budget workshop starting at 9 a.m. in Bartow. Hope you don't have to go. Campaign finance reports are due today. Political candidates and committees in Florida face a deadline by the end of the day for filing reports on their financial activities through the end of August. The Marion County Legislative Delegation is meeting to prep for the 2020 legislative session. That meeting starts 1 p.m. at the College of Central Florida in Ocala. And the Florida Public Service Commission will hold an event in Clay County to discuss the Lifeline program, which provides discounted telephone service to low-income residents. They start at 10 a.m. in Green Cove Springs. Time now for the adventures of Florida Man. Not the hero we need, but perhaps the hero we actually deserve. Jimmy Hernandez Calendres was arrested in Newberry after the Florida Highway Patrol says he rammed his car into a pillar outside of Motel 6. While driving him to the Alachua County Jail, the arresting officer says the guy offered him 500 bucks to just take him home. Forget about it. That didn't work, and the breath test showed his blood alcohol level was almost three times the legal level. Then, while Florida man was being taken to a nearby hospital, they say he tried to bribe a trooper again, but this time offered $600. He's been charged with DUI, bribery, and operating a vehicle without a license. Finally, a Pasco County man is charged with domestic battery for hitting his dad in the face with a slice of pizza because... Well, of all things, he was mad that his father was there at the delivery and helped to birth him. 33-year-old Robert Houston admits he held his dad down and yelled at him after shoving pizza in his face. After letting him get up, Houston went outside, waited for authorities to arrive. Deputies say they spotted chunks of cheese and sauce where the incident happened, and two other family members backed up the victim. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting in Tallahassee for Florida Politics. 